generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. So first service we spoke about I'm not a slave anymore and I gave 12 slavery symptoms. And I established the fact that the believer in Christ has been set free, has been delivered, has been liberated, but the believer can still struggle with slave consciousness because I read the story of a certain person, a certain lady, a certain slave woman who was literally freed, set free in America. Uh, and she was released to go anywhere. She was supposed to meet up with her husband in another part of America during the, the slave trade. And she refused to leave the house of a slave master. And it's possible for somebody to be free from sin, to have been delivered from the power of sin, but the person is not walking or exercising the right to freedom, the authority. Now, I mentioned a couple of things. One of the things about slavery is that slaves are stripped naked. And we see that um, in the Bible, the moment man submitted himself to become a slave to sin, what did he say? We're naked and ashamed. So sin brings nakedness. Nakedness brings self-consciousness. Self-consciousness brings shame. So sin will always have shame in the number line of its iteration. Whether it happens immediately or eventually or at some point, it's going to come up. And so you notice the man was stripped of the glory of God uh, because he had been naked all along, but he was naked and he didn't know it because the glory of God covered him. And when you get saved, one of the first things that God gives you, in fact, the first thing God gives you apart from faith, once you're saved, is the gift of righteousness. Now, Isaiah compares righteousness to what? A robe. So what the enemy took away with sin, God brings back with what? Talk to me, guys. Some of you look like you're in a flux. <laughs> what does God restore it with? Righteousness. And um, that has consequences. So we're not slaves anymore. Somebody say, I'm not a slave anymore. I'm clothed in the righteousness of God, Jesus, of Christ Jesus. Numbers 13, I'm going to read from verse 16 very quickly. Please follow, not just with your eyes, but also with your heart and your attention. If you can help me, media, that would be great. If you don't have a Bible, please look into your neighbor's Bible whilst media uh, get their act together. These are the names of the men. Verse 16. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, there's a hum in the sound. Okay, where's the sound, man? It's not the AC. There's a hum in the sound and the, there's a tweeting. These are the names of the men who Moses sent to spy out the land. Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. So his name was Hoshea, but he called him Joshua. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. And what did he say? Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. 
Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Somebody you will not just bring of the fruit of the land, you will eat of the good of the land. Amen. That amen sounds... Amen. So of course they went up to spy the land and then it gives us the itinerary of their spying expedition. And verse 25 says that they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And then when they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel, in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they saw evidence of the fruit of the land. They saw the land was fruitful, land was productive, land had a lot of prospects and possibilities, but they now said this, verse 28, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are... Look into your Bibles and, and scream... People who dwell in the land, this is verse 28 now, strong, the cities are, and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak, that's the giants there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, people from Ijebu. <laughs> Just joking. And the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. But they were saying, we can't take this land. So verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Look at somebody say, please calm down. I'm still going to talk about this, but can I just tell somebody who has a global conference going on in their heads? You have this debate as in your mind is like a town hall meeting. Your mind is as busy as Osho D during rush hour. There's traffic jam like Ikorodu traffic. This one is jamming that is jamming and people have different thoughts and ideas, contention, and you can hear so many voices yet you can't hear any voice clearly. God wants that person to know this calm. Calm down. Caleb! Quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. Why? Because we're mad? Because we're stupid? Because we don't understand the times and seasons? Because we like risks? Is anybody following this? What's the reason there? We are not just able, we are well able to overcome it. Well able. Let me prophesy over somebody who's been dealing with a sense of inadequacy. You don't feel sufficient. Your schedule is crazy. The bills are pounding or piling. The circumstances are stringent. The deadline is horrendous. The family talk is getting to you. The bickering is becoming fearsome. But God wants me to announce to you loud and clear that in your flesh you might fail. But by his spirit you are more than able. You are well able to walk into the fullness of the promises of God for your life. No retreat, no surrender. Look for two people and tell them, I am well able. I'm not just able, I'm well able. I'm not just able, I'm well able. I'm not just able, I'm well able. I am able to be a responsible person. I am able to pray for one hour without sleeping off. Oh, I didn't get an amen on that one. I'm able to fast till 6 p.m. 
I'm going to conquer this territory called the flesh. I will bring it under subjection. I can walk away from temptation. I can, oh. I can do without sleeping for 10 hours a day. I can do a week without snapping. I'm not a photographer. Uh, I'm well able. Somebody who's about to write a professional exam and there was self-doubt and all kinds of negative conference talk in your mind. Don't you know you are too busy? You are too old. People usually write that exam at 22. You are 30 something now. That devil is a liar. It is not about your age. It's about the sage who lives on the inside of you. It's about the rock of ages who's enduring and eternal. Who can quicken your mind, activate your potential, cause your juices to flow again. You are well able you are well able it's not by power it's not by might it's by the sovereign spirit of god i come to put faith in somebody's heart i displace the doubt from the chamber of your thinking you will not die you will leave that person who's been thinking about death and accident and gunshots and poisoning and all kinds of attacks and losing your life that devil is a liar whose report shall you believe you are well able for those of you who who are not able it's okay to keep on looking straight like nothing is happening but if you know something is being stirred up in your spirit you know there is a fire that is burning i need the sound to be better there is too much reverb if you know that there is something that is bubbling on the inside of you this afternoon this morning look at yourself and shout dami you are well able Some of you are not saying anything, it's okay. Uh, it's okay not for you to say anything. But for those who are going somewhere, taking territories, moving higher, conquering spaces, doing the extraordinary, you've got to tell yourself, I am well able. Quiet the sound of discouragement. Quiet the sound of failure. Quiet the sound of insecurity. Quiet the sound of shame. Quiet the sound of your past mistakes. Caleb said, let us go now, now. It does not matter what happened last year, last week, last century in Egypt. It is the dawning of a new day, a new season, a new era, a new epoch. I am well... Ooh, I feel an anointing running through the house. Well able. Lost time, but still well able. Lost weight, but still well able. Lost consciousness, but still well able. Lost some financial partners, but still well able. God gave you the vision before he gave you the partners. The partners came because of the vision. And if the partners go, new partners will show up. I feel the Holy Ghost in the room. I feel the anointing of prophecy. Label I scatter every doubt in your mind every kind of disbelief unbelief, shame and reproach be uprooted by the fire of God, you are well able higher, you are well able you are well able you are well able somebody pray in 30 seconds stir up divine ability stir up divine grace stir up divine power stir up divine juices stir up you are well able you're well able you're well able you're well able you're well able yeah
contend with the voices. Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. He said we pull down strongholds, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are not material, they are not natural, they are spiritual, mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. You will shine in the interview room and you will do well. You will make the presentation and you will deliver well. You will lead the prayers and you will do well. You will ask for an extension and it will be granted. You will ask for a pay raise, it will be done. You will look for the house and you will find it. You will buy the car. You will preach the gospel. You will fulfill destiny. We are well able. He said we are well able to overcome. Break it down to come over. To overcome. To come over. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Please be seated. It's a prophetic teaching. So as we go along, as we go through the teaching and you feel like praying, please pray. Feel like going to the back and pray, pray. Feel like kneeling down somewhere, pray. Feel like shouting, shout. Engage this word. God said to me, if your people get this message, these two messages today, it's going to remove the hindrances to their explosive growth. And so he said to me that these teachings are deliverance sessions. That's what it said to me. You're not being delivered from demonic possession. You're being delivered from demonic hindrances that hide under the flesh. I know Paul, I mean, Paul was a master apostle. He said, I wanted to come to you, but the devil hindered me. That means that you, you don't have to be possessed to be hindered. You can be so anointed, but you're hindered. And many of you know you're being hindered because you're applying forces, but it's not budging. Who knows what I'm talking about? And you're walking in righteousness, you're walking in holiness, you're doing well, you're sowing seeds, you're sacrificing, you're serving. But there are certain things that must be removed. He said, what are you, the great mountain before Zerubbabel? Shall become plain. Jesus said, if you have faith, as little as the mustard seed, what will you say to this mountain? Do you know what that tells me? That for the devil to stop you from saying to the mountain... He can manipulate your mind to think that this mountain is not worth to sp speak into. Or he can allow the mountain seem so big that he say, I'd rather take another destination. There are some mountains that must move because there are some spaces you must conquer. You understand? So it's not, a, it's not showmanship. It's not spiritual showmanship. I want to show that I'm spiritually braggadocious. No, it is territory taken. The reason somebody here will employ 100 people, 200, 300 people in their business is for kingdom purposes. It's not so that your name can appear on Forbes list. If it does, all well and good. It does not matter if your name is on Forbes list if your name is not on God's list. 
It's about the people that God wants to enlist in his harvest. So this morning, I want to quickly say to you, you are not a grasshopper. Because I've not even finished reading the text and there was an explosion, but I, I need to land. Because we need to be able to process this. We need to be able to grasp this. We need to be able. It says, we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, it says, but the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel, watch this. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. Now, please understand this. The syntax is very critical because the syntax is not, you know, we can remove bad here, right? And place it next to the land. And what would it read? And they gave the children of Israel a of some of you, the land is not bad. It's the report. The devil can stop you from entering your promised place by giving you a bad report of it. If I can bad mouth your helper in your presence, I can rob you of your help. You get the Godson? It's good to see you this morning. So the land was not bad. It was the report. But watch this. What impression do you take away from the news? The truth about the place or the report about the place? I'm saying as a natural human being, general human being. What do you believe about America? What are some of the good things about America that you believe? Broad roads, skyscrapers, land of dreams, the American dream, right? I was in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I saw, in a certain part of New York, I saw more people sleeping by the roadside than I've seen in many parts of Lagos recently. You will not see that on CNN. <laughs> so what multiplies in your space is not necessarily the truth about you, but your report of your life. That's why the Bible says, let the weak see. In other words, never give a bad report of your life. Because your reports will travel beyond you. And the, the thing is what makes it worse in this case. If you read the earlier part of Numbers chapter 13. The Bible says that God commanded the people to spy the land. God had Moses commanded people to spy the land. God commanded Moses to tell them that. And they took leaders. Now, if you're in leadership, be careful what you say. Leadership, I don't mean title. I mean you're in a place where you have some influence. And people look up to you. Be careful what you say. Because whatever becomes announced by the leader becomes pronounced amongst the people. And whatever is mentioned in leadership is amplified in followership. Because there's something called weight. The weight of a thing is a function of the mass of that thing and the gravity. 
and gravitational impact increases with difference. So what it means is, the higher you esteem somebody, the weightier their words are in your heart. Are you getting this? So when they drop a bad report on you, it leaves a dent. So there are so many of us who are struggling to fly in life because we never had a father who affirmed us. The only time they ever had a serious talk was when we had done something wrong. Oh, y'all on the table. They never planned about your future with you. Talked about your dreams. But the day you born is Agbada, he give you insults in Agbada. Became a Lagbada, you know. They didn't talk to you. What do you look for in a wife? What do you look for in a husband? They didn't talk to you about that. Just said, be careful of boys. The other day, somebody hugged one person, triplets. The leaders said this and because they respect the leaders what would happen the people began to get agitated they began to get worried they be, look at what they said they said the gifts of israel <laughs> a bad report of the land look at somebody say not a report of the bad land a bad report of the land which they had spied out and what's the report saying please let me announce this Every time you say something, you are reporting something. I'm finished, though. That report flies into the airwaves. Demons are in power to say, he has given us authorization. What part of him can we finish off now? You've licensed it. Enube. I'm dead. Kill me now. <laughs> you see that? Licensing. And have you noticed that words carry spirits? You know what happened with xenophobia last week? Within two days, in fact, what am I saying two days? Within two or three hours, a spirit of fear had been released over the climate. WhatsApp groups. A WhatsApp group of 100 people is potentially 10,000 people. Because each person on that group is on about five groups. And the f each person on each of those five groups is connected to about five people that believe them. That if they say today is Wednesday, they say, ah, it's true. Ah, I forgot. Ah, okay, midweek service, that's in the morning. Ah, okay, ah, let me check. About five people, even the average person. By the way, the Spirit of God is speaking to me about support, and it said to me, don't be deceived about, about support. Support is not always proof of sincerity. And it said to me, every dictator that ever lived had supporters. But that's just, I don't know who needs that. It just came out of my spirit. It's not part of the teaching at all. So in a few hours, fear. They said the land is good. What they say? They said the land through which we have gone as spies, watch this, is a land that devours its inhabitants. Where did they see that? 
Have you ever imagined something so much it became so imprinted in your subconscious that you actually thought it was real? Have you ever been in a place before where you were always anxious about losing your phone, 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 losing your phone and then one day you thought it was actually missing but it wasn't really missing. This guy was with somebody else. And in some cases actually got missing. That's the final... See that? Receive restoration of all that you lost because of fear. He says, all the people whom we saw in it are men of great... So you see, there are two ways to see it. You can either see it as they saw it, or you can see it as this land is fertile enough to support great men. That if there are great men there, I want to be there. Oh my God, I want to deliver somebody real quick. God is calling certain people here to take some bold steps. And you are saying it's for rich people. Don't you know God is trying to tell you are one of them? God is leading somebody to enter into some expressions of outreach. You say, ah, it's for anointed people. But you know it's God. Don't you know God is trying to say, I'm stirring up your anointing. Stir up your anointing. God is saying, give certain seeds. He says, ah, God is for powerful men. He's trying to tell you. See, the instructions God gives you are invitations to your next level. So if this land is rich enough, strong enough to support men of great stature, you should know that God is trying to tell you that your stature is greater than your current location. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It says, there we saw the giants, descendants of Anak, who came from the giants, and we were like in our sight, and so... Please, let's follow this together, because this is instructive now. There, right? There, we... Saw. Don't forget, it's established all through the text that they were spies. Now, who's a spy? A spy now says, <laughs> See me, guys. <laughs> I'm here. You know, all those t shirts of volunteer meetings here to help. Like, like a spy doesn't wear here to spy. Espionage, undercover. <laughs> what was an undercover brother movie like 20 years ago? So, like, so no spy in other words the spy sees but is not seen but here's what they say we saw the giants descendants of Anak that came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were did the giants see them So I do a lot of speaker training, presentation, and all of that. And one of the things that almost every speaker deals with at some point, depending on context, preparedness, audience, whatever stage of development, is stage fright. But this is something I tell people, many times when a speaker is nervous or having stage fright, people don't know until the speaker either says it or does something that reveals it. Yeah, as I was saying, 
something that betrays it. People don't know. But what happens is in their minds, they are conscious of that. So the giants never saw them. The only person that saw them was who? Themselves and then who? Who housed them? Rahab the hollow, she was not a giant. Come on, people. Pardon? But she was a giant and other things. But, but, but she, she, she had a giant record. And I'll tell you why. Because she was in the walls of Jericho. Now, the walls of the city were like the highbrow property, the fortified regions. So for her to be able to afford accommodation and premium property. She's got skills. Isn't it amazing that God can use a harlot to preserve his purpose? Some of y'all miss what I just said. God can use a harlot to preserve his purpose. He could have used a praying citizen. He could have used someone with a clean record. But sometimes grace wants to prove a point. Can I tell you something? One drop of the blood of Jesus is more powerful than all the mistakes of your lifetime. Someone, oh, you didn't hear what I just said. One drop of the blood of Jesus is more powerful than all the lies and all the backstabbing and all the wrongdoing and all the lust and all the shame and all the guilt. Who is thankful for the blood of Jesus? Because what they said to Rahab is that when the destruction comes to Jericho, when God brings judgment on Jericho, all we need you to do is have a scarlet rope or a red rope, a red thread that shows that this thing is covered by the blood. Oh, if the blood is on your life, the destruction does not touch you. The wrath of God does not touch you. Oh, who is grateful for some of you sitting like you're not grateful for the blood, like you don't thank for the blood, but can we just give God about 15 seconds of heartfelt intense and rich praise for the Lord of Jesus! Oh! Somebody say, thank you, Lord! Somebody shout, thank you, Lord! For the blood of Jesus! Thank you for the blood. But let's deal with the grasshopper thing. He says we were like grasshoppers. Where? This tells you, I'll tell you what. There is a picture of yourself that you have. And can I propose to you? That picture is at best incomplete. And at worst self-destructive. There's a picture of yourself there. Do you know that you have, there are different versions of you to different people? They were, with, they were with Jesus for three and a half years. Do you know what they saw? Deliverer, Messiah, political ruler, earthly political ruler. That, that's why. Because after he, you know, after he came out from the dead, you know what they asked him, Acts chapter 1? So when will God restore the kingdom to Israel? 
after resurrection they were expecting him to be a governor Jesus all he was some people is bread and fish machine yeah. 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 alright guy bakery bakery he's a, like Jesus the bakery not the bread the bakery some people fish animal boy Jesus Fisher they will save his number on, on their phones Jerusalem network Jfish <laughs> there's some people rabble rouser troublemaker attention seeker anything just be saying kingdom of God kingdom of God kingdom of that guy is not Joseph. Don't be following him, or carpenter, <laughs> carpenter's son. But watch this. Jesus saw himself correctly. How do you see yourself correctly in the light of God? You know why? Because every other person will see you in the light that they have. And the light that most people have is darkness. So they see you darkly. That's why there is nobody on earth who has the construction to see you completely, entirely, totally. Nobody. Oh, come on, people. Paul even said it. Now we see dimly, as in the glass. We don't have the apparatus now to decode the entirety of who we are. And so it is the progressive walk with God that releases light into our space and causes us to see. Now, some of us, we've only seen one dimension of our lives, and we say, that's all of my life. Please, don't be quick to call a temporary assignment your personal purpose. Because what some of us have done is that we've caught fish for Peter, and we have said to ourselves, I'm a fisher, fisher magnets, fishing magnets. Fish. <laughs> I'm a fish plug. And everybody's now a plug. Where are the sockets? Where's the cable? Social media plug. Able plug in. Very soon you have adapter. Then you have extension box. Some of y'all don't know what a plug is. So a plug is supposed to be like a social connector. Somebody that plugs. So now all of a sudden you say unemployment is not a good thing. I know that I'm not saying everybody who's a plug is unemployed. I'm just saying the people who are sincerely unemployed, once a title begins to make the round, just, ah, I can use this one to cover my shame. You remember when the coach thing was Oliver? Destiny coach? No speaking coach? Cockroach coach? <laughs> of Ewedu Yajabu. So Jesus different people saw him differently, but he saw himself clearly. The very first thing we see in public declaration, God said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Before he performed any miracle, his identity was secure by the divine. Look at somebody, say, How are you seeing yourself? 
Some of you didn't look at anybody. I saw you, sir. Look at somebody eyeball to eyeball and say, how are you seeing yourself? When we become 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, I'm not able to see everybody, but now I can see who's saying what and who's not saying what. So look at somebody and say, how do you see yourself? There is a version of you in your mind. But external endorsement is not enough because Jesus now says, I am the light of the world. You know, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, John 129, who takes away the scene of the wall. But that does not end the story. Jesus says, I am. So it does not matter who says you are if you don't say I am. In fact, what happens is when this tension is on, people will say you are. You say me, I'm not. Because that person has some light to see a dimension of you. But because you don't see yourself in that light does not mean you are not in that light. How do you see yourself? What version of you are you all about? It says we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Our limited sight. I told you in the first verse, for those who were around, my quickly do an analogy. What happens is Governor BB in front of us, everybody join the train, everybody join me. He's a slave master. By the way, slaves were actually more often than not led this way and was strategic. They were tied one to another in a file. They were not led like this. Because if you are led like this, then you have vision and visibility. And you can have space to explore and to see routes of escape. And you can dream. But if you're led like this, the slave master becomes your vision. Some of y'all didn't get what I said. Because it's right in front of you. Whatever you behold consistently, you become eventually. What you are looking at, you become conformed to. So they led them this way so that the greatest aspiration of a slave, the greatest possibility if anything ever happens to him is that he's going to be a slave. That's why even when people are free and delivered, if they have a slavery mentality, they treat other people like slaves. So what happens, seeing this guy, the slave behind me, who doesn't see? Who am I in this picture? Slave. Then behind them. Do you see how generations are enslaved? Because if you saw your father struggle financially, it's going to be a battle for you to break out of it. And whenever you break out of what your father struggled with, this is not even spiritual. I'm not even talking about how demons hide in the process. I'm talking about how the mind is affected by it. Because demons will hide in the mind. That's why I said pulling down strongholds and imagine. Where are imaginations? So demons can hide in imaginations. That's why you pull it down. It's like, a, have you seen a, a, a wasp castle before? Wasp, W-A-S-P, those things that sting. Wasp, when you break it open, all of a sudden, you see, or an anthill, let me use ants, that, you, know, you can identify. 
Once you break the ante, what happens? You just start seeing maggots and ants and different breeds and different ranks. They have been there. Let me tell you something. Whenever there seems to be an increased manifestation of demon, demons in your presence, it means something is troubling them to expose them. I say that again. Whenever there's an increased manifestation, agitation, activation of demonic operation in your space, it means something is already stoking the fire that makes them uncomfortable because they're being exposed. As long as you don't break the ant heel, you will only see errant ants that are going back and forth. They're not disturbing anybody. The moment you break the ant heel, everything begins to scatter. So never get intimidated by demonic drama. It's a sign that you're closer to your victory. I just delivered somebody this morning. It means that your prayers are getting them anxious. Your seeds, your sacrifice, your consecration, your determination is beginning to make them uncomfortable. Because the more invisible they are, the more powerful they are. It's called the ruler of darkness, Beelzebub. Not of the flies. <laughs> A lot of the flies. When flies are not disturbed, you know what they can do? They can eat things. They can lay eggs. So they reproduce themselves in secrecy. <sighs> have you noticed that if you have a, an issue in your life and you expose it, and there's accountability, all of a sudden, you just feel free. Because the power of darkness has lost the cover of invisibility. Is somebody following what I'm saying? So whenever the enemy is being agitated and there is drama, and you're saying, but God, I'm praying. How come this happened now? It is your prayer that is making them uncomfortable. It is your prayer that is causing all the people you thought were your friends to now begin to say what's really in their hearts. All those deceptive demons and deceptive voices. It is that prayer that is exposing them so that you will learn who not to give your prayer points to. Oh my God. It happened with Jesus when he came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. And there was the child who was throwing himself into the fire and into the water. When Jesus rebuked the deaf and dumb spirit, you know what happened? The Bible says that the child wriggled and then slammed itself on the floor and appeared to be dead. That's what I call demonic drama for demonic distraction. So people now be like, ha! Jesus! Before you came, he was just falling inside fire and water. We still like that one. <laughs> Roasted, but it's still okay. <laughs> but now, Jesus, you have now finished it. At least before it was barbecue. Now it's a burnt offering. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when Jesus is involved, the demon, you know what, what the sad team says, son of God, have you come to disturb us? Light always invades darkness. That's why the darker spaces in your light puts the pressure of revelation. When you're going through spiritual battles, don't miss any service. One shaft of light may be all you need. One burst of light may be all you need. One revelation may be all you need. And the enemy knows it's not really a battle of physical force. It's a battle of light and darkness. It does not matter how strong you are. If you are in darkness, you will not win the battle. Because a strong man is throwing jabs at the wrong place. 
but a lit man shemboyata boriakote zuveli bara epulakaya i release the power of god in every direction where darkness has been tormenting afflicting holding down holding back your mind your soul your resources your ministry your business your family your future and i command let there be light in the name of jesus we break the drama we break the flow we destroy the influence in the name of jesus somebody pray release light release light release light release light release light break the ant heel break the hornet's nest break the wasp heel Ah, eco da cosa lembrando che toli brega tu la brega d'alia i sovo scilabate we release light into every space every area every corner every faculty every aspect mele yodaboya we release light 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 we expose the hidden works of darkness in Jesus name we have prayed let's be seated I proclaim light is coming into your space into every space by the way a believer is a building and there are compartments in the building so a room can be lit another one is not lit your finances can be lit your sexuality is dark your prayer is lit your business life dark it says i am the light that lights up the whole world so he said nobody lights a candle or puts on a bushel in other words all these things of i'm a christian but i'm hiding my christianity in the marketplace it cannot work daniel did not hide god whenever you're hiding god you're hiding yourself God brought you this far. I can't I can be ashamed of my deliverer. I can't I can be ashamed of my redeemer. I can't I can't be ashamed of the lover of my soul and the wonderful, the one who made a way where there seemed to be no way. I can't be afraid and ashamed of him. That's why I called him Jehovah Nisi. You know what that means? The Lord our banner. A banner is useless if it's not seen. Bozulas, Beduperia, Bolinda Cosa. You are coming out of that grasshopper mentality. You are coming out of that small mindedness, that small thinking, that limited thinking, that constrained environment. Grasshoppers, how do you know? That there's a grasshopper mentality or the spirit of a grasshopper. Now, let me be clear. I know in, in some places they say every cockroach spirit, every ant spirit. I'm not using spirit in that context here. I'm talking about the attitude or mindset or mentality. And when Peter said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's not saying that your mind has a different being called the spirit. He's saying the attitude, the overwhelming atmosphere. Yeah, we can use the word because spirit is essentially breath. Which is, you know, if something is released into the atmosphere, it affects everybody in that space, right? If somebody spraying strong perfume, some of you are sitting, sitting beside people who are wearing strong perfumes and like all the insects around have died because of the, 
the pungency and the potency of the, I was like, that's like big on for three days, something like that. <laughs> but, but it smells nice. You know, all those nice, it's nice, but you're choking me. Okay, that's spirit, that's breath, that's ruach. Why? Because the winds carry it. So when I say the spirit of your mind, I'm talking about when I say the spirit of a grasshopper, I'm saying the spirit or the attitude of a grasshopper that announces you to other people without you knowing. Which means that you're projecting your grasshopper mindset. So all that stuff of, ah, me, I don't really want much. It needs to be replaced with, I want all God has for me. And it might not be much to some people, but if it's what all God has for, it's okay. Because by divine design, some of us are oceans. Yeah, what we carry is for the globe. You understand that? And the devil will try to stop it. Some of us are not oceans, we're rivers. Or rather, we're seas. So it's, it's for cross uh, international regions. Some of us are rivers, we have national influence. Some of us are uh, streams. Every believer ought to be at least a stream. And then some people are wells. Yeah, and then there are different dimensions of that. But I'm just saying, analogically, so, but if God has called it to be a sea, and you are staying as a stream, that's too extreme. I don't want your stuff. I want what God has for me. So what's some of, some of the symptoms? Some of you are praying. It's a great thing to do. It's a prophetic teaching I told you. Number one, what's the thing about grasshoppers? How do you know you're dealing with a grasshopper mentality? Number one is this. Grasshoppers don't combat or confront. They jump away at the slightest threat of anything. Grasshoppers don't have the spine to fight back. If you trouble a wasp, it will bite you. If you trouble a bee, it will sting you. Trouble a snake, it will come after you. Trouble grasshopper, what happens? Pum, pum, pum. And some of you, God has called you to a land. But the first person that threatens you say, I can't do it again. There's like, ah, we didn't even walk too hard to discourage this one. So that's it. Ah, correct. Let me also tell you this. That discouragement can become a habit. You are so used to being discouraged. You want to do the proposal? Nepal strikes. Ah, maybe God doesn't want me to do the job. Go and get a generator. If the generator does not work, get an inverter. If it does not work, go to your barber shop and say, Bros, I beg no vex. Make I charge my phone small. You've got to have a fighting spirit. The fact that God promised it does not mean you walk without a fight. And a fight does not mean you don't have faith. Some people feel like if it's really God, let it drop on my laps. Grapes can drop on your laps, but land, you have to fight for it. Oh, mama, mama. How will a land fall on your laps? How? Land that is transgenerational, territory that has eternal consequences. It can't fall on your laps. See, if you find it attractive, somebody who does not like you likes it too. If you like it, somebody who doesn't like you likes it. That, you know, somebody asked a question when we're doing the breakout thing, men, women, teenagers and all. And someone said, how come when a man commits to a relationship, then all the women that didn't give him face before will start liking him? 
Because the moment something becomes a target, it becomes attractive to work past people too. So the fact that God promised you faith does not mean you won't fight for it. And don't let anybody lie to you, Enoch, that fighting for it means you don't believe. Fighting means I believe. Fighting means I believe it's mine. I believe this is mine. I'm not just going to allow somebody walk through my house and pick up what's mine and take what belongs to me. I'm going to fight for it. You will see a fight in every book of the Bible. Either a physical fight or an encouragement or some kind of spiritual battle. It's in every book of the Bible. Contend for the faith. Put on the armor of God. Wage war. Do battle. Uh, stand fast. Hold on. The Lord's army. Uh, the captain of salvation there is fight in every book of the Bible even in the book of Esther where there was no God mentioned Esther had to fight for her people high five somebody say I'm not a grasshopper I'm going to fight I'm going to fight for my health my health has been funny for too long I don't know what this boil is I don't know what this pimple is I don't know what this thing is I don't know what the spinal deformity or ankle pain is but I'm going to fight I'm going to limp and pray until I walk in victory I'm going to fight I'm going to hold the fort yeah Shabbatosa Dr. Lan, Dr. Lan, you know, grasshoppers, they don't fight. And I'll come to that point later. You know why? Because grasshoppers don't think of building. Ants build. And when you build, you think about the future because you know what you're building will outlast you. I'm already jumping the gun. Be careful of people who are experts at breaking down, but novices at building. Expert analysis is inferior to mediocre building. It's inferior. Because if you have mediocre building, somebody one day will go like, ah, oh, you could have built this better. And if you're humble enough, say, teach me how to do it. You build better. But if you're an expert analyst, you'll be so analytical that you will not even build what you're called to build. And you won't have the time because you are too busy analyzing what other people are building. When you don't build, you find it hard to defend anything. Oh, come on, people. Ask anybody who's producing anything in the house, whether it's Alameda's uh, 100 Naira Market or uh, Gleed Foods or John's Single. You know, you, you know, we do single. You know, Jerry's a producer. We do, you just say, it's a five-minute song. <laughs> you don't know the composition, the structure, and the syncopation, the arrangements. The rehearsals. <laughs> Once you start building stuff, you start appreciating other people are building. So number one, grasshoppers don't fight. Meanwhile, the Bible says fight the good fight of faith. A bad fight is a fight, number one, that you're not fighting in faith. Number two, that God didn't send you to fight. And number three, does not hold any lasting rewards. That's a bad fight. But if you are fighting this fight in faith, and God called you to fight this as into this place. I'm not saying that God even told you to fight. God gave you the land, and somebody's opposing you. Haya. Somebody shout, I'm going to fight. 
one of my greatest concerns for especially people who were born after 1980, particularly in Nigeria, is that a lot of those people, you know, millennials and Generation X, a lot of them have not been taught to fight. The only thing they've learned to build is social media profiles. And it's not real building because anything that you can buy that you are building is not the real building. In other words, the way you can build, you can build your followers to a few thousand, you can also buy 5,000 followers. So if they can buy it and you can build it, that's not the real thing. What they cannot build is authenticity, staying power, responsibility, care, intercession. You don't buy that, you build it. You don't buy a prayer life. Prayer supermarket. Supermarket of the spirit. Lord, here's the card of my commitment. The pin of my personal ambition. Punch it. 666. <laughs> right, so number one, they don't come back. That's a grasper mentality. Everything scares you. Why is it called grasshopper? They hop in the grass. The enemy is not threatened by your hopping in the grass as long as you don't own the land the grass is growing on. But weary of jumping too quickly from job to job, relationship to relationship. The Bible says we're going from glory to glory, not from girl to girl. Oh, oh, oh man to man. As a Also, what if my name is Glory? <laughs> then you move from that glory to another glory. Very soon you see Gloria. And Gloria will say, Not here. You get what I'm saying? So, number one, they, they hop around. Stay in a place and lock yourself in. Esther said, If I die, I die. There's a difference between covenant and convenience. Covenant goes beyond me. Convenience is about me. And when I'm not feeling it, I'm out. That's convenient, but it's not a covenant. So number one, grasshoppers, they don't fight. Number two, they hop around the grass, but they never possess the land. So they are drawn to the closest representation of their personal appetite, but aren't particularly invested in any collective vision. So you see, don't you see that ants, ever so often, ants, how do they move? Together, right? Talk to me, people. Bees, swarm, even wasps sometimes, right? How many times do you see grasshoppers in a flock, in a group, in a troop? The only thing they're after is the next blade of grass. So they're only in connection as long as there is nutrition. God is not just delivering you from a grasshopper mentality. He's delivering from grasshopper friends. And grasshopper people. We disband every grasshopper association in your life. Grasshopper's association of Nigeria, of your workplace, of Instagram, of Extragram. They were there when you had money. Next thing you told them, oh, I've left my job, oh. Sir, are you serious? So you are now on your own. When they were saying that, you didn't understand what they were saying. 
I'm saying? You don't understand. Priscilla, you're not on your own. <laughs> they were trying to tell you. <laughs> Grasshopper friends. Number three. Grasshoppers, the only thing they do to defend themselves is that they spit to defend themselves. So whenever they want to get defensive, they shame other people. It's a grasping mentality. Number four, for time's sake. Grasshoppers don't build, neither do they plant. They only want to leverage what others have built and planted. Number five. Grasshoppers have been known to deplete a lot of land. Grasshoppers, so if grasshoppers possess a place, a lot of them, because they also belong to the family of locusts, the locusts join forces with the grasshoppers. And according to one statistic, it says that it is known that grasshoppers are responsible for $1.5 billion damage to grazing fields every year. Grasshopper, honey, you don't produce. Gum, medicine, you don't produce. Gum, you don't produce. But to spoil, you will spoil. And so when these people were saying that they have grass up, that they were like grasshoppers, even though the primary leverage or metaphor there is size, there's also a grasshopper mentality that will allow you fall for all those five things I've mentioned. Because you're thinking I'm too small. So whenever I say I'm too small to build, that's a grasping mentality. I'm too small to plant. Who am I to do an online course? Who I be? Beware of false humility. How do we deal with the grasping mentality? I'll go through it very quickly. The Bible says that when the soul are like grasshoppers, let me just still deal with that demonic spirit. It will not be traced to you that you depleted a place. You are a builder. Somebody shout, I'm a builder. Tell that person, my testimony is from glory to glory. It will not be said that he came into this place and scattered it. He went to that place and money started getting missing. It was when he walked into the room that all the phones started spoiling. Ah, everywhere used to be organized before, but when he came into that place, we don't know what happened. That is not your testimony. You are not a grasshopper anymore. You are a giant killer. You are a fighter. You are a defender of kingdom territory. Don't forget one of David's men when they came against the land, the Bible says there was a patch of beans. You remember? One of David's mighty men. And this guy fought till the sword was stuck in his hands. He fought for hours to defend what? People will look at and say, it's not a patch of beans. It's not the beans is defending. It's what else will grow from it and what else is under it. Sometimes you fight for a thing, not for what can be seen to it, but what cannot be seen yet. You know the Lord has spoken to you. This person is your husband. The Lord has spoken. Not, the, not your flesh. Oh. And by the way, let me just advise. Because many of us are in that age bracket. Before you get very emotionally entangled, I'll tell you that, emotionally entangled with anybody, before, when you sense that there is a, oh, oh, a proclivity, an inclination, 
expose it to at least two authority figures in your life. A pastor or a disciple in the house and your parent or a family member. People who are not in the relationship. Whose eyes have not been colored with hormonal juice. You know that? H-G-O. <laughs> it can color things. The Oju will be doing bye-bye. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. But before Uzziah died, as great as the Lord was, I didn't see him because Uzziah was there. These days, Uzziah can be Angelica, Femi, Glory. <laughs> you, you I'm telling you, because it will save you. Because the more emotional invested you are in a thing or a person, the tougher it is. So just, and let me tell you what, it is okay to be friends with people without dating or looking about marriage or without, you understand what I'm saying? We can. I know that the world has made it look funny. But you can have, you know, and when you have those friends, don't become so emotional. Let the brains work as well, not just the, the flutes. You get it? So God has shown you that this guy is your husband. And then you now take the guy to your friend. And friend says, ah, this one. Those eyes, they are too sexy. They are too sexy. You have women trouble in your marriage. Then you now be like, ah, this is my friend. I trust her judgment. Don't forget that the people who spread the grasp of mentality to Israel were who? Leaders. And what the leader says gets amplified long after the leader has stopped saying it. Some of the things that drive me in moments of difficulty are things pastors, my pastors, in fact, sometimes from secondary school, said to me. Words stick, especially from leadership. That's why when you're giving correction, admonishing, challenging somebody, either right after that or soon after that, you've got to find a way to affirm or to let the person know you know I love you. And I'm saying, you understand that? Like, yeah, man, now you're a man. Toughen up. <laughs> He's a man. So he also has a manual. <laughs> Catalogue of all the things that have been said. So don't let the man that he is lose the mandate that he has because of the manual of your manipulative... So don't forget, how do you do this? How do you spread the right spirit? How do you walk as a giant killer? Number one, this is very important, a quiet spirit. Yes, Why? Because the moment they said, the land is, is, you know, the land is good, but this land kills people. They said that giants die there. <laughs> do you know that your fears can exaggerate? All of a sudden, Xenophobia attack. Since uh, the civil war started, this is the end of Africa. Africa is gone, gone up in flames. Fear. <laughs> See people ordering AK-47 from covert sites on the internet. Smallglass.com. Calm down. A quiet spirit. The Bible says in quietness and confidence shall be 
your strength in quietness and confidence. Isn't it amazing that this generation is so noisy? One of the greatest products of this generation is noise. Not so many inventions. Before the invention of electricity, people were inventing penicillin, machines, the printing press was like 17 something or something like that. Because when there is noise, there's mental pollution. Contamination of thoughts. This one is jamming with that, jamming with that, so it's mental salad. Not salad, salad. All kinds of thoughts. The beggary of humanism is mixing with the awedu of intellectualism and the papa of feminism. <laughs> mix, mix, mix. So when people... Have you noticed the many things people put out online, you have to start sifting, sifting, sifting. Like this guy makes sense, but this post... Because people are not, they don't have a quiet spirit. Now, before there was internet or social media, Jesus will arise, arrive, arise. <laughs> a great while before dawn and go to a solitary place. Do you know that now, even your solitary place has noise? Because you go to the kitchen, the refrigerator is... <laughs> like, folks, like, I'm going to move out of town. <laughs> I must be sanctified unto the Lord. So you've got to fight for it. I forgot to announce some of the, one of the things about a grasshopper is that grasshoppers actually have ears on their bellies. So they hear in the direction of the appetite. Naturally, grasshoppers have ears on their bitch. Study. And then grasshoppers hear other grasshoppers, but they can't hear too many other things. So once you descend to the grasshopper level, have you noticed that that time I used to gossip? You will not look for information. Gossip will be looking for you. Did, did you notice? Gossip magnets. People will call you on the phone. Hey, so what's the latest gist? They're not saying, how's your business going? You know? so, so how's your prayer life? Baby, give me gist. Any gist? Any gist for your gal? Gal call. Girl me. <laughs> My bad. All right. So here, a quiet spirit. Because Caleb quieted them. That's what the word says. It says that when they began to cry and all this, Caleb quieted the people. A noisy spirit cannot lead a noisy people. And a noisy spirit cannot help a noisy people. Now, notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying a quiet mouth. Because there are some people, their mouths are sealed, but not them, they talk past. Who knows what I'm saying? So in the meeting, they're just smiling. Like Bambi, you know Bambi? No, what kind of animal is Bambi? A deer or something, cute. 
And after the meeting, they will have their own. <laughs> after math, they'll spread a mat. So too many debates and dialogues can dissolve the quality of your instruction. Too many debates and dialogues. Your mind is noisy. Thinking, thinking, noisy. Thinking, noisy. Your mind feels like a factory. They're grinding metal. So a lot of people are cranky because they have this crankshaft in their minds. Cranking out. Crankung, crankung. Higiaga. Emotional. Topsy, topsy. Another thing is, a lot of it is under the quiet spirit. Be careful of embracing too many voices, even too many spiritual voices. Not every voice is sent to you. Some disciples were with John. When Jesus showed up, they left John. Are you understanding that? There could come a time, in fact, it's not there could come a time, there will come a time where some of you, some of you, because of marriage, relocation, masters, what are the other things that take people away? PhD. You will be required to leave the local congregation of kings. Not all, but a good number. Over the next 10, 15 years. So don't come and say, ah, this is the witness I've been praying for. I said it. I said, ah, this service is a confirmation. <laughs> yeah? But when that is done, then understand that you are still in the kingdom. And so when you leave a place or move from a place, you don't badmouth the place. I've been about three or four churches where I was committed. You don't hear me badmouth the place. Or the places rather. Do you know why? It's another room in the kingdom. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? So the point I'm really making here is too many spiritual voices. If you're a disciple of Jesus, eat Jesus. Let me even tell you, there were other preachers while Jesus was alive. You remember? James and John, they said, we saw some other people casting out demons in your name. So I wanted to call down fire from heaven. Jesus said, uh, if they are not scattering, they are with us. They're just not wearing our label, our name, our logo, our brand. But they're with, do you, remember, you guys remember the story? He said, I, I hate denominations. They were denominations when Jesus was alive. Imagine. The man has not even gone. People already started their own. And he said, let them do it. Oh, come on, people. But that was not to cause division. Those people did now not come to uh, Bartholomew. You, what are you doing there? You're not even Peter. You're not James. You're not John. Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the mountain. You, bottom of the fishing yard. Come. Bartholo do you see Bartholomew in the, in the scriptures? Do you see? Do you see? And Jesus said, Bartholomew, go and catch fish. Almost irrelevant. So, <laughs> if you are to analyze it in that context... So the fact that you don't have a prime place does not mean you're not a true disciple. Let me just help somebody. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Tadios. Tadios. Tadios, right? He's a disciple. Some of you don't even know. It's a, a brand of sardine. Do you see him? So the fact that you're not being mentioned, you know, sometimes I'm preaching, I mention certain people's names. Ah, those are the true disciples. <laughs> Judas was keeping the money. No, that, that's not it. I'm just saying that mention, 
I'm just, are you getting what I'm saying? So a quiet spirit, stop consuming, of course, drink from different ministers. I'm open to that. But don't confuse your soul with spiritual concoction. Are you understand what I'm saying? You're mixing this brand, Alamo Bitters, inside communion wine. Then when your eyes are like this, <laughs> you're wondering what's up. Okay, so too many voices, even too many of the right voices, too many thoughts. Number two, the Bible says that Caleb quieted the people in front of before Moses, he didn't go behind Moses' back. So, to become a giant killer, you must be aligned with kingdom ranking. (laughs) Joshua was probably we don't have proof for it was probably not the strongest soldier but kingdom order is not about human ability yes, it's about divine endorsement yes, so i'll tell you what if there were stronger soldiers than joshua and god picked joshua god knew what he was doing yes, caleb had a strong spirit but the Bible says he quieted. If you look at the scripture, he quieted them before Moses. In other words, he didn't go back and say, hey, 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 hey. See, Moses is growing older. He's dull of hearing. Is anything that this temple tell him that he will believe? Me, I have the spirit. Not everybody will make it. Some people will die. The way I've said this thing. Some people will die. I'm, I'm telling you, some destinies will perish. Jimmy, I've been to the land. I've been there. There's one secret passage we passed. I will lead you there. And you know what? I didn't want everybody to have it because the fewer we are, the more the loot we're going to share. Don't let the loot lead you to loot. What was the joke though? You guys share there? <laughs> yes, now it is now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it's a Game of Thrones. Yeah, why did Lucifer lose? Why did why did he lose his place? It took one third, and said, "I want to be like the Most High." Imagine Lucifer to tell you how influential he was. Took one third of God's angels, angels that God created. So influence can be misleading. So he rebuked it before the people. He gave the suggestion before the people. He encouraged with per- permission. So kingdom order, kingdom ranking, kingdom alignment. Right? Number three, you must have a collective mindset. Pardon? Number two, um, kingdom ranking. Understand kingdom ranking, submission, alignment. Understand that because we are an army. Joel 2 says they will not break ranks. That's what it says. Paul says, let everything be done in decency and in order. You know what order means? Do you know what order means? That means that that thing that you're passionate about, and this is for this house and for any house you're working in as a worker, your family. That thing that is doing you, that is burning your heart, that like, we must do it in this office now, is number one to you because of what you can see. But when you present it to the authority figure, supervisor, it's number 15 because of what they can see that you cannot see. Because if they do that thing now, it's going to affect 17 other people that you know nothing about because you don't know what those 17 people are handling 
that the leader knows about. So order means we're going to do many things, but they need to come in time. If you want to make pounded yam, you cut, let's not even cut the yam. You want to make pounded yam, and you are passionate about pounding. You don't like cutting, just pounding. And you put the tuber of yam in the mortar, and you start pounding it. Are you wise? So no, my own is pounding, and I must pound it now. How about you're, you're really passionate about cotton? That's what cotton, not, not as in C-O-T-T-O-N, cotton as in <laughs> cotton things. You're passionate about that. Like I must cut anyhow, anyhow. My ministry must be fulfilled, my ministry of cotton. And then they finish slicing the yam before you got there because sometimes what you're passionate about, an organization or a ministry may have moved beyond that point. May have. Are you on the, so you can't be a part of the body of Christ without submitting at some point. Because even as the pastor here, I have to submit to certain things. It's not everything I desire that gets done. <laughs> Are you understand what I'm saying? And then you start cutting, and you cut the knife. Sorry, you can't cut the knife. You cut the pestle, and you cut the people pounding. And number three is this. You must have a mindset for the collective. A mindset for the collective. Caleb didn't say, well, if you guys don't have what it takes, me, <laughs> I can take the land. What does it say? He said, we are able. So they were afraid, but he said, we are able. Look at somebody say, we are able. He was confident. He saw that they were afraid, they were scared, they were nervous. It's good to see you, sir. But it says, we are able. This is the collective mindset that I'm not satisfied succeeding and I see dairy struggling, struggling and I say everything is okay. Say, so, uh, me, I'm sorted. Oh. My life is on track. You, what are you doing? Look upon me. Learn of me for I am humble and meek. <laughs> Bear my yoke. <laughs> Somebody say, we are able. Number four is this. He said, let us go quickly. So to take territories, you need a sense of urgency. A sense of urgency. I'm going to prophesy as I wrap this up. That there is a rising of people out of the cloak of grass. The grass upon mentality. There is a stirring up in the spirit. John, you're not a grasshopper. Cougar, you're not a grasshopper. You are not contained, confined, limited, held back, held down. You are not that person. You know why they struggled with this mentality? I'll tell you what. Because they were slaves. That's why you need to listen to the first service message. They were slaves. So pray. When a slave is a slave, do you know what he's thinking about? Garlic is okay. Onion, okay. The worst is my mouth will be smelling. Uh -huh. Has body odor killed anybody else in the world? Be careful of what you say is okay. It could be the grass of our mind speaking. Be careful. And follow the positive report. The thing about the power of prophecy is the prophecy can pull if you release yourself to it. Some things are no longer okay in your life. And you must not settle for them. 
when you're telling a slave, sorry, not just a slave, a four, five, six, seven, ten, eleven generation slave, you know what has happened? The slavery has been compounded and almost perfected. That's why many of them could not enter. Many of the people that enter the promised land were the people who were born in the transitory period. Because the minds of the other people were so dominated with slavery that when they were free, they were still slaves. Was the children of the desert. And I thank God that even when you're going through the desert, it does not allow you to stop producing. Some of you are birthing in dry places. Nothing is flowing but your birthing. And I just want to encourage you with a declaration of prophecy in this moment. There is a stirring up in your heart. There is a stirring up in your space. There is a rising in your spirit. Mato so la cabela. Somebody shout, I'm not a slave anymore. I wanted to shout it louder like you made it. I'm not a slave anymore. Can we take a few minutes to deal with slavery? Every slave mindset, slave thoughts, slave ideology. Every slave mindset. In every way you have relinquished your right to choose. You can walk away. You can walk away from cigarette addiction, from porn addiction. You can. Do you know why you can? Not willpower, but his will and his power because you are saved. One of the greatest lies of the devil is that you have no rights. You have no power. You can't you can do it. It's a lie. I'll tell you why it's a lie. Because there was a time you were not smoking and you did not miss anything. There was a time you were not sleeping with boys here, there and everywhere. And you were not missing anything. In fact, God never wanted man to know the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted man to know the knowledge of God. Because God was going to be his arbiter. But now that he knows that there is good and evil, whenever he's doing good, he thinks he's missing out on the benefits of evil. You're not missing out on anything that God has not given you. But you must not miss out of anything that God has given you either. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. your right hand and say in the name of Jesus please shout from your the belly your belly in the name of Jesus I stand as a beneficiary of the finished work of Jesus Christ I stand as one who has been rescued and I agree with the terms of my freedom 
I agree with the legal documents of the blood of Jesus that I am free from every kind of slavery to anger, sexual sin, emotionalism, sentiments, cultural biases, ancestral patterns, environmental domination, mental instability. I am free to walk in righteousness and holiness and sanctification in the name of Jesus. Drive it in prayer for one more minute. Drive it. We are free indeed. Free indeed. We are free indeed. Free. We are. rescued me I am free indeed I am free in Jesus name we have prayed quickly you're going to pray this father expose to me the mixed multitude you know what happened when Israel was delivered some people snuck in with them because what happened was Jesus didn't say or the prophet God didn't say to them whoever was a Jew will be saved he said if I see the blood on any house any house that house will be free in other words if some Egyptians knock into Zah, I believe this Moses or oh, this Pharaoh I don't believe him I believe Moses and we're going to die but if we hide with them so some people snuck in those were the people that caused a lot of the contention bitterness criticism and everything that's why if you're online many times choose your arguments and your battles because some people are the mixed multitude they are not there to learn they are there for strife and bitterness and com and, and uh, contention so choose that we want to pray father in my life every debris of the old the slavery mindsets i inherited from conversations between my dad and my mom my brother my sister you know some of you you, you experimented with sex because your brother came back from university, brought condoms, you thought they were balloons, you blew it, they explained it, they laughed at you, they said, let me teach you how to kiss and all. You were 13, you didn't stop kissing until 23, which was last year for some of you. Messed you up for 10 years. The mixed multitude will bring Egypt with them. In other words, you're out of Egypt, but the Egypt is in them, so they will bring it with them. You can apply this to your finances. Let me tell you what, because I want us to really deal with this some of your financial struggles are not real i'll tell you what i mean by real i'm not saying the economy is not bad the economy is very tough very difficult but the believer is not subject primarily to the economy of the place where he's in he's primarily governed by the eternal economy however he cannot see certain things as long as the grasshopper a grasshopper will see a house and say i don't need it a grasshopper cannot browse the internet a grasshopper disqualifies itself from things that his assignment needs because it thinks he's a grasshopper. And so there are some jobs that God has told you, go and bid for that one. You say, how can I bid for a contract of 100 million when I don't have anything? Write a proposal to that one. The grasshopper in you is filtering it out, filtering it, filtering it. 
And so the, the big resources that God has allocated to you, your 200,000 naira mentality cannot see the 20 million. When it sees 50 million dollars, he's scared. I was telling my wife about a conversation I was having with somebody who's really, really big. And he mentioned some very, very, very huge amounts of money. And Ishmael, I used to wonder, so there are human beings like that. But the Lord has began to teach me that if you're in that person's space, it's because I'm trying to also stretch your mind to see certain things. Are you understand what I'm saying? Right? So I want us to really deal with it uh, spiritually and economically. Because I know many of you have had economic battles. It will be by faith. But you must engage and insist. Some of us, we struggle to, to break up because, you know, all your life you depend on your dad and your mom and your dad will give you 25,000 naira, 50,000 naira. Maybe the maximum amount of money you ever got at one time, 50,000. You don't know it's affected you. So when God speaks to you about a 5 million project or this one investing in your product or your book or your song or your album or your skills, your mind cannot, not like you are rebellious, you just delete it. I wanted to really pray wherever I am a prince walking. Paul, sorry, Solomon said, I've seen an evil under the sun. He said, I've seen the sons of servants riding on horses. And I've seen princes walking about. Walking. You are a prince of Zion. Can we invest the next two minutes in our destinies and just really break the grip of slavery? There are three major things that slavery will do to you. It will rob you of your sense of personal purpose it will rob you of your peace and your prosperity it will rob you of the promise of personal dignity and your personal potential i want us to pray we reclaim those three dimensions somebody declare it in the place of prayer i am not a beggar do you know that you can have 10 million naira in your account and you are still a slave because you are scared you are afraid if I invest this one now it will go bad do you know that? push it my God and my Father let there be a fire burning through this house a fire burning all through this house a fire that consumes a fire that destroys one more minute on this one. Let the fire of your spirit burn through. Every kind of economic slavery. One of the biggest forms of slavery alive today is economic slavery. There's a taskmaster who's driving you to unreasonable lengths at work you know it's slavery because you don't have time for any other thing that is slavery if your whole time is consumed by it whether you're working for somebody else or yourself that's slavery break it especially if you are not happy especially if your personal gifts are not flourishing if your personal gifts are flourishing you're happy and you have time for your family and it's taking much of your time that's fine but if you complain every day you are sad every day Zondabolia. i pray for every one of you every son in the house every daughter in the house every brother in the house and every son 
ever since that. We break. Now proclaim, I'm marching into the promised land. I'm marching. Red seas are parting. I see doors opening. God is giving you pictures now. God is giving you images now. He's giving you images. The Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Ghost, the artist. Holy Ghost, the painter. Holy Ghost, the painter. Some of you are about to have a deep encounter with the Holy Ghost now. I don't need to touch you, but someone is going to touch you where you are. Receive it, receive it, receive it. Bless yourself. There's the spirit of Caleb. Caleb. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Two more quick prayer points. Caleb spoke in Numbers 13. In Numbers 14, the people cried again. You know, the people, Numbers 14, read it later. People cried again. And Moses fell, Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces. They couldn't take it, they couldn't handle it. And let me tell you what, some of you don't know this, but one of my greatest heartbreaks is when I see some of you struggling. It's, it's a burden for a true leader. A true leader is burdened by the need to see his people progress. When I see some of you just struggling, I'm pained. So I can imagine how Moses and Aaron felt because you know this was a transgenerational prophecy. Do you remember that? God promised Abraham. Abraham passed down Isaac. So it has now come to Moses. And Moses is like, we're on the edge of it. And there's such a huge spirit of discouragement. You don't have to pray about this now, but you can pray about it later. I proclaim concerning everybody who's been dealing with the dark cloud of discouragement. That that cloud is dissipated now. In the name of Jesus. You will not walk out of this place discouraged. You walk out of here lifted. So you know what happened when they fell on their faces and people started think, uh, talking about stoning them. It wasn't only Moses. By the way, if you're not ready for the people you've helped to threaten to stone you, you're not ready for high-level leadership. Because high-level leadership will move your people to a place where they can see the promise. And it looks like it's not happening. Why does God allow that? Because there comes a level in your life where you will not go further on the premise of the faith of your leader. Your own faith is required. So you say, but the pastor prophesied. And before a pastor prophesied, it will happen in 24 hours. Now there's going to come a time where a pastor prophesied and lay hands on you. And the pastor will still say to Timothy, which war? So the impartation is not the release from war, but empowerment for war. So when that happened, Joshua, who had walked with Moses, he stood up. The Bible says he tore his garments and said, guys, this thing, we can do it. 
I want us to pray for a can-do spirit at every level and every age. Let me tell you what. They didn't do it that day, but they entered the promised land in the days of Joshua. Moses didn't enter. Be careful of your atmosphere. The atmosphere of complaints contaminated the staying power of Moses, the man of God. Moses saw the ministry of angels, but he couldn't enter the promised land that the angels spoke about. You are not too anointed to miss it. When I say it, I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the fulfillment of prophecy in your lifetime. Moses would have entered. But years later, Caleb came to Joshua and said, you remember the prophecy that Moses gave us? Caleb at 85, he said, I'm still as strong now as I was when I was 40 years. He says, give me this mountain. Some of you, you can see your strength ebbing away. You are not as strong in August as you were in January. You're going to stir up your strength. Some of you who are in your 40s, 50s, and you're like, my best years are gone. Don't worry. You can reclaim it in this prayer meeting now. Some of you are 37. You can see 40 staring you in the face. It can do spirit. Caleb said, I've not forgotten. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. There is something for you in what God has for us. There is something for you in what God has for us. Thank you, Lord. Finally, you're going to pray for us. If we can hold somebody by two hands and just pray. My brother will not miss it. My sister will not miss it. All of us will be settled. You know the first tribes that entered the crossed over to the promised land? Joshua said, you are not going to settle. You're going to help all the other tribes too. God doesn't bless one without having the other in mind. Every blessing God sends your way has somebody in mind. Let me tell you, if God tells you to write a book, he has a printer in mind. He has a paper supplier in mind. He has a publicist in mind. He has a bookshop in mind. If God tells you build a house, he has a carpenter in mind. Electrician will earn a living from it. Cleaners, generator sellers. If God says start a ministry, he has stone banjo in mind. He has these sticks in mind. He has Joba in mind. He has Anu in mind. Every calling has embedded in it somebody else's calling, somebody else's blessing, somebody else's miracle. Oh! In other words, it won't be tough for us. It won't be difficult for us. The rain of God will soften the earth. Ah! 
Baba wala lagbara Baba wala lagbara Baba wala lagbara Baba wala lagbara Baba 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 Possess it Possess the media space Possess the land Possess the environment Possess it right now Baba Adadulo yododo Abawala laimara Abawala laimara Oh Got to close As I make this declaration I wanted to embrace them with your mind with your heart with your spirit, I proclaim prophetic blessings upon this house. I insist as a priest under the high priest, as a shepherd under the chief shepherd, you will not die in the wilderness. You will not die in the wilderness. The God who has brought you out of Egypt is taking you to the land of promise. You will not just buy the land, you will possess the land. Every cycle of slavery, every symptom of slavery, every tendency of small-mindedness, every token of limitation, we scatter in the name of Jesus. Ideological chains, theological chains, denominational chains, environmental chains, cultural chains, economic chains, personality chains. I am not like that change. I don't have what it takes chains. I break in the name of Jesus. Humility and power are not mutually exclusive Jesus was the most powerful but the most humble so don't let the devil deceive you into thinking that if you have more power you become proud it's not true Moses parted the Red Sea in the New Testament he says of all the men apart from Jesus Moses was the meekest in fact it says now Moses is the meekest man on earth Hebrew says Moses was faithful in all of his house the power of God in his life did not shock him out of faithfulness. He did not become a, a misbehaving miscreant. So the fact that God endures you with power does not mean you become proud. I proclaim the level of power that you have been scared to enter. Enter into it now. The level of glory that you have shut yourself out of. Walk in it in the name of Jesus. Walk in it in the name of Jesus. Walk in it in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen. The thing 
things that the Holy Spirit brought to your consciousness in prayer but you shut down you shut away because you couldn't believe them let there be a restoration let there be a recovery let there be a recovery Oh, Bedoya, let there be a recovery. Let there be a recovery. Holy Spirit, touch everyone in this house who has been closed up. Who has been locked up. Who has been limited. I break that self-esteem off you. I break insecurity off you. I break the chains off you. I break insecurity. I break shame off you. I break low self-esteem off you. You are not a grasshopper anymore. You are not hopping from one place to another. Looking for the next blade of grass. You are not a grasshopper. You are a landowner. You are a land possessor. You are a kingdom ambassador. You hail from God. You are a man of capacity. You are a woman of substance. You are a woman of integrity. Enter into your promised place. Walk in righteousness. That addiction cannot hold you anymore. Walk in deliverance. Walk in freedom. Walk in power. Walk in glory. Walk in the Holy Ghost. Walk in the anointed. Walk in lifted. Hey! Now, may the land yield to you milk and honey. Usually, to get honey, you have to be stung by, your, by a few bees. Your days of being stung are over. You will get the honey without being stung. Because you are in Christ. Christ has taken the sting for you. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? You will not be stung. The rocks pour for rivers of oil for you. Ayanokoza. You walk in miracles. Your words carry weight. Your words carry power. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Somebody give him praise. Barbara. Somebody give God praise. Look at somebody say, I'm not a grasshopper. I, I forgot to mention this about grasshoppers as well. Grasshoppers are part of the diet of many communities across Africa and the Americas. So grasshoppers can be easily eaten up. Some of you before today, you were easily eaten up by things. You hear a piece of information, it eats you up. If someone does something wrong to you, it eats you up. This won't happen. The only thing that should eat you up is the zeal of the Lord's house. The only thing that Jesus said was eating him up says the zeal of the Lord's house has eaten me up, consumed me. This is the declaration. You will no longer be, become a part of the diet of people. Yeah. They won't eat you up any longer. Things won't eat you up any longer. You will be in control. Shake somebody's hand and say, I'm not a grasshopper. Tell somebody I'm not a slave anymore. 
Please be seated very quickly. Put your hands together as you're seated and glorify God. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.